is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. That one went off of steel, so Derek Ryan will flip the puck in the other way. So Warren Fogle skates after it. It goes in behind the Anaheim net. In comes Nugent Hopkins. Takes it out of the left corner. He'll walk out. He'll pass over to Fogle. Scott! The Edmonton Oilers fall behind early, brush it off, and rout the Anaheim Ducks 7-3 tonight at Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. That goal we just played, 4-21 into the third period, it made it 5-2. Fogel Rob gets his seventh of the season from Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Derek Ryan. Ryan scored earlier in the game. What a transformation since that line has been put. Not, not to take anything else away from some of the other performances or, or other good things that have happened tonight and over the course of the Oilers' four-game winning streak. But, I, I mean, are they the third line? They, they, if well, you look at the last four games, they might be the number one line. Well, in the last four games, they've been their best line. Uh, I, I don't know if... Uh, I mean, it'd be tough to argue it with the way they've played, not only for the production they've put up, which they have each and every night, but the time of game when they put up the production. You know, they've they've had game momentum-changing shifts. They've had game-altering goals scored. This is a this is a group that I mean, Derek Ryan uh, picked someday in the middle of January had probably under underwhelmed in his. Coming of coming to the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Fogel. There was a lot of talk, and we've heard the the calls on our show that that trade hasn't worked out like they had hoped. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins was a guy that, you know, he, people question his five on five play. They said, oh, he's a good specialty teams guy, but five on five he can't carry a line anymore. And here those three are put together on a whim by the coaching staff, and look at the success they are having. And I think the biggest thing, and we talk about it after all these other games, is. They're playing to their strengths. Uh, they're not being miscast. And sometimes you get chemistry. You don't know. You, you'll, you'll, you'll make a trade or you'll, you'll put a line together in training camp. You say, okay, this line should work because this guy's a shooter. He's a passer. This guy can go and muck it up in the corners. And it doesn't work. And yet sometimes you can play with someone and just the chemistry is instant. And that's what we've seen in these four games. And good on them. On a season that's been a roller coaster for this team, it's certainly been a roller coaster for those players. And again, it was, they were exceptional once again for the four straight night. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line as the Oilers beat the Ducks 7-3. and three. They're 4-0 under Jay Woodcroft. They're 9-2-1 and one in their last 12 and now 27-18-3 on the season. You still got to worry about the teams behind you, but... The Oilers are in a situation where hopefully they're saying, hey, let's look up as well. There are two points behind Vegas with a game in hand. They do trail Calgary by five. The Flames have a game in hand, and as we know, Calgary's playing awesome. They've won eight in a row, but uh, a good role here so far for the Edmonton Oilers. And, and I said, you know, they, they brushed off that early deficit. Unfortunately, they gave up two power play goals. The PK had been doing well lately, killing off nine out of ten the first three games on this winning streak. They fall behind early. But the Oilers recovered with a power play goal of their own. And really, 
I mean, five on five, there, there was no doubt the Oilers were better tonight. I, I thought even when Anaheim got the power play goals to go up 2 nothing, there were some good things happening for Edmonton. Well, A, it was early in the hockey game, so there was a lot of uh, runway left for the Oilers to come back in this game. And even when the, the Ducks were up 2 nothing, this Anaheim team doesn't play like it used to. Imagine a 2 nothing lead Anaheim would have had five years ago with oh, Perry and Getzlaff. would have been lucky to get seven shots on goal. They, the I mean, they wouldn't have come across center ice. It would be just dump it in or here come back at us if you can try this is not the same ducks team and they were loose with the two nothing lead they were loose they were coughing up grade a scoring chances gibson was covering up for the mistakes but eventually uh the the they broke the egg when kane gets a a goal on their second power play unit and good on the coaching staff for putting that unit out that never happened earlier in the season or in the last couple of years kane scores a big goal and there's a little bit of a momentum shift if anaheim got out of the first period up two you know maybe they'd knuckle down between periods and say all right we can win this another way they got the 2-1 goal and then the oilers just I mean, it was just an onslaught on Gibson. At one point, you could just see him looking up saying, okay, seriously, is there going to be any defensive play in front of me? He's an all-world goaltender that looked human tonight simply because of the players playing in front of him. The Oilers' second power play actually, uh, second power play unit actually started a power play in the third period. The Oilers do go one for four with the man advantage. Ducks two for three. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. Final shots on goal, 41-30 in favor of the Oilers. As I mentioned, Smith stops 27 out of 30, so his record for the season bumps up to 5-4-1. And, one. and if he, I mean, you're right about Gibson. He probably made five or six five bell saves tonight he did early in the game and then it's just the chances coming against uh, well for example the, the dry sidle was it a second goal where it's dry sidle by himself he's got two ducks and in their own zone and they try a cross ice pass right past leon dry he's got if he doesn't have the best hands in the world he's in the top five or six you don't pass it through the slot when leon dry there there's no reward that's worth that risk so he goes in on a breakaway uh the Connor mcdavid to pull your rv goal that ended up being a two on oh like these are the, the the chances that gibson had to face uh it's i i can i mean he's a pro and a good one i'm not sure he's going to say anything but in his head he's like seriously i keep you guys in the first period and you reward me by giving the best players in the world chance after chance uh this anaheim team I think this, over the last little while, they're starting to uh, find where they belong in the National Hockey League. I think they played over the head early in the season. San Jose, the same thing. They're starting to, to falter a little bit. And this is why the, the top three teams are now re rising to the top in Calgary, Vegas, and Edmonton. This was a good game for the Oilers. It was a confidence builder for the Oilers uh, and sets them up nicely for a, a very tough stretch of games coming up. 7-3, the Oilers take it tonight. You can go to 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. The good old Japanese Village goal light. They've done it two games in a row. 20th time this season that ties Florida for the most times this season, scoring five or more in a game. 20 occasions for the uh, Edmonton Oilers in this one. Now, we'll find out more here, but a little bit of uh, tough news tonight. Yes, he did score. He uh, had a really 
in tight chance, like really close to the net on a quick pass for McDavid. He actually missed the puck, but the way he was positioned, the uh, puck deflected off his skate and went in. I mean, he was probably two feet from the goal line. Um, but I think something might have happened on that play. Uh, he, he left with a lower body injury and didn't return. Yeah, I, I watched him. I mean, our our seats are directly, like exactly directly across from the, where the Oilers go down the tunnel. And you saw him walking down there, and he was in discomfort as he was leaving. And I don't I don't remember him having a shift after he scored the goal. Uh, he, he might have, but I don't recall him having one. So... Uh, hopefully it's nothing too serious, but it was serious enough that he didn't finish the game, and, and that's too bad because the Edmonton Oilers had everything going well for them this last little while. Yes, he scores a goal, feeling good about himself. It'd be it would have been nice to go into this road trip uh, fully equipped with the, as many of your superstars in the lineup as you can. Uh, we'll see probably in the next couple of days. Although the way it is in the National Hockey League, uh, it'll be day to day. And that's what will be announced. And that day-to-day could turn into just about anything. Yeah, true. We'll have to see what uh, what comes out of that. 7-3, the Oilers beat the Ducks tonight as we will go downstairs to head coach Jay Woodcroft. Well, Jay, a, a period in the first, you pepper John Gibson and you know, he stoned your guys. You're down two, but your team just kept coming. Did you sense that it was inevitable that eventually the dam would break? Well, um, we did a lot of good things in the first period. We weren't as clean as maybe we wanted to be, and, and we can clean some stuff up on the penalty kill, but um, we liked the way we were playing the game. I really liked um, how calm our bench was, how uh, they showed a little bit of pushback and resiliency, found a big goal at the end of the first period, and then uh, and then we took that into the second period. So um, it was a good response from, from our group, not hanging your head when you're down to nothing you got contributions from a lot of different players tonight seven guys with two points but the the, the ryan fogel nugent hopkins line i think that's the fifth goal they've been on for since you put them together can you pinpoint why a line sometimes like that just has instant chemistry and what have you liked from that trio I don't, I don't know if you can put your, you know, thumb on the exact reason why they're having some success. I think they have the elements of a good line. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a 200-foot player that plays in every situation. He seems to make everybody around him better. Um, so him in the middle of the rink, uh, I've, I feel very good about. Uh, Warren Fogel's a big body. Uh, we tasked him with upping his four-check game and, and going to hard areas is in the offensive zone and then uh, for me Derek Ryan is is a very subtle player but when you watch him and some of the plays he makes uh, I think he values doing hard things and uh, those three guys together they, they have some mojo going right now and we're thankful because we think it makes us a deeper team. I know there's a lot of focus when you score seven goals but I want to ask about Lagesson and Nima Linen and you know, William Lagesson maybe just quietly has, has become pretty consistent for you here these games on the blue line. Can you talk about the, his effort tonight as well as Nima Line. Yeah, I think Bill's played very well. Um, he is uh, honest as the day is long as a hockey player. He gives you an, uh, everything he has on a daily basis. I think he is um, 
he's excelling at his stick on puck and then finishing through the body. So he's killing a lot of plays. I see him cutting off cycles, uh, releases to the back of the net, that type of thing. And he's just keeping it simple. He's he's not trying to be anything that he's not. He's just he's just trying to make good, solid plays. And um, you know he's been excellent for us. And and fortunately for for Dave and I, we have a frame of reference with William Lagason. We've seen him uh, when he first came over to North America, and you know he's been a real good player on our team here the last little while. Jay, the second power play unit scored the first goal. It doesn't happen too often here. Five times all year, yeah. according to Jay over there. Um, and then in the third period, you put him out first again. Yeah. Is that kind of a reward for scoring the goal, or how did you look at that? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think uh, it was a heck of a goal. And right before that power play goal at the end of the first, which was a huge goal for us, Darnell had a great chance uh, as well. And uh, we had another chance that went off uh, uh, the shoulder of the goaltender and um, so putting them on in the third period there that was that was certainly uh, trying to empower them because they did some good stuff uh, when did Jesse get hurt scoring the goal he didn't you don't think he only played one shift after the goal yeah I, I don't know the exact extent to that I haven't seen the the video on it and I haven't talked to our doctors but uh, uh, I, I know he came back out and kind of tested a little bit and um, but I don't have any more information for you Jim on that sort thank you on the uh, on the power play Jay how important you think it is to have two units that you can go to and that there's kind of a healthy competition between the two is that you know in, in a healthy way is that yeah good? I, I do think that's healthy I mean uh, the top unit is some of the best hockey players in the world and they move the puck around real well hasn't gone in for them but they're they've had numerous chances um, yeah but anytime you can find others to contribute in that situation I think it just makes us a deeper team and gives us more options uh, as we move along here but uh, it was a big goal for that unit tonight when you first arrived here and thought about some things that you wanted to try and do right away uh, one of the things that we see and we're hearing from guys is you know guys throughout the lineup really feeling like they're being given opportunity and empowered to, to be put in these positions was that a priority for you to try and engage as much of the lineup as possible well I think especially when we made the decision to go 11 forwards and seven defensemen especially when we did that we wanted to spread out the minutes amongst the many uh, and not just you know consolidate them in in just a few people and, and I think we've done a good job of asking uh, more people to do a little bit more in that regard I think it helps our decor and um, you know, it's worked through this this first four games, um, and as you mentioned, we're getting contributions from everybody who's dressed. Jay, I know you've met, talked about uh, Derek Ryan a little bit earlier. I'm hoping maybe you can expand to just because I'm assuming that you, you, he's one of the guys that you didn't really know before you came in. Is this kind of the player that you, you thought you could get out of Derek Ryan? You just and since you've uh, taken over here, it looks like his game has really shot up here. Yeah, I just thought um, the move to the wing um, gave him a little bit of a jolt. I think he's a smart player. I think he complimented Nuge with just being able to figure out where to be on the ice. I think he offers Nuge, a right-handed face-off um, option. Um, 
and I also think that if, and I said this this morning, if he ends up as the first four checker in the offensive zone and we end up working back to our end, I feel comfortable with, with Derek Ryan uh, being down low if he, if he ends up down low. And so I just think it uh, that group complements each other. He's put a lot of work in. He's a real hardworking person. I haven't had too many conversations uh, outside of just hockey information with but, um, you know, his, his contributions over this last little while, like I said, that line's making us a deeper team, uh, and we appreciate him. Last one for me, just on those on, on the 11 forward. There's two guys that you know it's not a complete line, so you got to you know find ways to rotate someone in there. Yeah. What do you want to see from those two guys early on when they get opportunity? Like how? What's the message to them about how to make sure that that they stay engaged in the game and that you, you need to keep going to them? Yeah, I think uh, we want to we we like to get in a rhythm. What's what's different is is the last couple games have been penalty filled early in the game, so sometimes it's hard. Uh, to get uh, people on the ice when there's so many penalties and, and if they don't play in one of the situations um, they might sit for a few minutes uh, but we just want to get everybody up and running um, we're not asking uh, those players uh, to do anything differently than we're asking all the players which is to play an energetic game play a straightforward direct game and uh, you know we've put a lot of import on working back uh, into our own zone and if if they just do that we're not asking them to do do anything special or, or be anyone they're not we just want them to bring what they bring in and uh, they'll be just fine and ended up with Yesse uh, leaving the game halfway through that we just started moving pieces around to make sure that we spread the ice time around just one last one Jay about Evander Kane he seems to be getting more comfortable you know that outside of the skill and the goals just his physical tenacious side he had six hits tonight have you just seen a guy who obviously didn't play for quite a while just him kind of getting back to the player that that you've seen in the NHL and, and kind of your expectations of what he can be for you moving forward yeah and I, I've known Evander personally here for a week, so my frame of reference on him as a player is that he is getting better every day. Um, uh, we have to understand that he didn't have a normal training camp. Uh, he had a couple games in the American Hockey League, but he's just he's just kind of getting up to speed right now, and I think he feels comfortable. I think uh, you know those two big bodies on that line with him and Leon, and I think. Uh, they're tough to handle in the hard areas. Good. Thanks, guys. That is Jay Woodcroft live on 630 Chet. 4-0 as head coach of the Edmonton Oilers after they rip up the Anaheim Ducks 7-3 tonight at Rogers Place. Uh, anything stand out for you there, Rob? Um, no, I, I, I think he's saying all the right things. And it, it's easy to talk after a game when your team wins, as we've seen over the years. Uh, he's he's very well thought out of thought of when he when he says anything, uh, it's not just cliches. He comes out and tells you exactly what he thinks and why he did it. And uh, I mean, good on him. Right now, everything he's touching is golden. Uh, the lines he's putting together, throwing out different power play units, the way he's implemented his goaltending. Uh, it's been a good start. And it, just like a player, when a player goes to a new team and I've been there, you want to score early. You want to do something that helps your team win. You just want to find a little bit of success to fit in. I imagine a coach would be the same thing. You, when you go to a new team, you want to get a win under your belt quickly. 
you don't want to have to go down and answer questions about what's going wrong, why aren't you any different than the last guy, and yada, yada. And things have gone right for him. So it's a good feeling amongst the coaches in the coaches' room, and it certainly is a good feeling in the entire dressing room with the way the team has gone and the success they had as of late. $700 donation tonight from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results to 630 Shed Santa's Anonymous. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. The total now up to $16,100. Thanks to James H. Brown. Okay, 7-3, the Oilers win it. You're going to hear from Derek Ryan. And, of course, we have time to hear from you as well at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed, pro all the way. Oilers win 7-3. Back in a couple of minutes for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Set back to the blue line. Shot from the point. Bounced on that save made by Smith. And Smith just barely keeps it out. That is your save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Mike Smith, 27 saves. Oilers win 7-3 over Anaheim. So that play early in the second period, puck bounced in. Ducks jammed away at it. Kind of celebrated. Long video review. And it looked like, Rob, not from that overhead camera that's right inside the net, Mm -hmm. but the camera behind the net, I guess we're just above where the gold judge used to sit. Uh, It looked to me like you could see the puck squirt in under Mike Smith's skates, and then when he moved, it it spun out, but they said the the whistle went. So, and and really, Smith kind of had the puck trapped, and the Anaheim player kept digging away at it. I I, I thought it was the right call. Um, I I think that if they would have said that it was in, that the Oilers would have challenged it because I do believe that uh, I think it was Carrick that was the one yep. fighting. I think he pushed the pad in because I you couldn't see the puck out in front for a while, but he was still pushing his stick in there. So I don't think it was going to be a goal regardless. Having said that, I, I think that was a turning point in this hockey game because uh, for a, a short spurt there, the Ducks thought maybe they have a 3-1 lead and within minutes it had turned into a 2-2 tie as Ryan scored. So uh, Smith was good good enough a little bit better than the guy on the other end you know what's funny is reed we we got a lot of phone calls i don't know how long ago it was when koskinen let a goal in from sharp angle over his shoulder and everyone says why doesn't he hug the cor- corner why doesn't he stand up straighter and i said this is the way goalies play nowadays yep and tonight mike smith exact same way and i i started thinking about it goalies play it a certain way and they're taught this this is how you do because you're gonna you you can, can't cover the whole net. The net's bigger than the goalie. So where's the most dangerous areas? I wonder if because of the skill level of players nowadays, if you're going to have to start adjusting how they cover their angles. Because the goal that Zegras scored, when I played, you we, we never tried well, the, to shoot there. The puck was below the icing line when he shot the puck. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we didn't even think of shooting back then. At that point, you're just going to go back in the corner and try to come out another way so that there is an opening and Connor McDavid tries it all the time when he comes down he'll go be going behind the net and he tries that play and has had success or been close many many times so I wonder if that's something anytime someone is successful at something you start looking for ways to beat it and offensive players are now okay well 
this defenseman has cut me off. The goalie's there. Why don't I try and find another way of scoring? And, uh, I mean, unbelievable hands by Zegers. But, again, that is the one spot that is open on a goaltender. And we've seen, as of late, pucks going in there. Yeah, and Zegers is so creative, oh. as we've talked about several times. And, yep. and you were watching what he was doing in the warm-up. But that's a good point, Rob. At, at what point do goalies adjust if, if really good shooters can hit that spot? Now, that, I mean, that's plus uh, an awesome play by Zegers. But, yeah, I mean, I think the, th the thinking with goalies is like, well, that's a really hard shot. And maybe if he does go it, I can get my shoulder up in time anyway. But they're sort of taught... If a guy's down low like that off to the side, be prepared to push off because it's probably going to be a pass across. Well, because but you're right. Now shooters are adjusting and say, well, the heck with it. I'll yeah, just fire away then. We, we, we never tried to that play before. I mean, you have Kelly Rudy on your show. There's someone to ask about yeah, well, it. Well, he's talked about it several years. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, he talked about it. Again, so it, it's just the players no, are... He doesn't, he doesn't like it. And he didn't play that way when he uh, played. No, they, they didn't. But, and, but we never could score from that angle before. So uh, it's just the, the skill level of players nowadays is, is scary. And, and the thing that you're going to see now too and i'll see on a daily basis is i'm going to see kids in our academy next week trying that goal they see it on tv because that's one you're going to it's a highlight one they're going to put on over and over again and now the younger generation is going to learn how to do it as well and they're capable of doing it but zegris and, and terry and some of these very skilled players for the anaheim ducks there's a bright future in anaheim coming up but it's not this year because defensively this team has uh, we, we talked for a long stretch how the Oilers gave up grade-A scoring chances in bunches. Well, the Oilers tonight had uh, a month full of odd man breaks in one game against the Anaheim Ducks because Anaheim was terrible defensively. Well, McDavid could have had a hat trick in the first he period. Had, he had six shots in the first period, <laughs> Connor McDavid. Jeez. I mean, there's, there's guys on the Oilers. I bet you there aren't more than three guys on the team that have had six shots in a game this year, and Connor had six in the first. Let's update the hit total for Marcus Niemelainen. Uh -oh. I set the line before the game for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Over or under four and a half. Oh, my goodness. And Niemelainen gets four hits, according to the NHL game sheet. Wally took the under, so he is getting a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Uh, well, he, he's noticeable. Another four hits. But it, can we call them the Twin Towers yet? He and Lagesson. Lagesson tonight with five hits, bringing a physical part and, of and his Lagesson, game. Lagesson, interesting watching him develop out there on the PK. You know, won a couple races to pucks, slapped it down the ice. Yep. Quietly just becoming, I mean, I, I mean again, I don't, I'm not trying to pump him up too much. Nope. I don't think he's going to turn into, you know, Scott Stevens or somebody like that. But just quietly, you know, third pair minutes, do your job, get the puck out, physical when you need to be. Well, you know what? I, I like Dave Tippett, and I like him as a coach, and I, I think he is a, a very, very good coach, and if he wants to coach in the National Hockey League, there's going to be a bunch of teams giving him the option. But the one thing that Dave Tippett did not do in his time here with the Edmonton Oilers was get find minutes for younger players. Um, they seem to get lost in the shuffle, and the thing that we've seen since... Jay and Dave Manson have come up is younger players are getting plenty of opportunities. Now, one of the reasons could be that these guys all, they know the players. They know the players very, very well. They've coached them in the minors, have been around them on a day-to-day -day basis for, for some of them for a few years, and they know their capabilities. But what you're seeing, the, the things that we heard at the beginning of the year, there's no 
bottom six players. They, 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 they're not good enough. Well, we've seen what Fogel and Ryan have done once given ice time. Uh, the back end, well, it's our fifth, sixth defensemen aren't good enough. Well, we've seen that in this short spurt, uh, the young players up from, from Bakersfield have, have been very good. They're not making the glaring mistakes. And I, in the four games, I don't remember. Th there's mistakes in their games, like they're all players. But I don't remember any five-bell mistakes. You're like, oh, yeah, you're going to wish you had that opportunity all over again. So they're coming up and playing to the strengths. And Dave Manson, uh, on the back end of the coaching staff, is allowing them to be what they are. should also mention up front, Ryan McLeod assisted on Evander Kane's power play goal. Nice pass. He filled in for Pugliarvi. So, that, well, actually, Yamamoto went up. And then McLeod went on to dry sidles wing for for yamamoto and mcleod was very and good McLeod was very good so yeah. two assists for him tonight uh, pretty good performance overall by the Oilers, winning 7-3 against the ducks we'll go to the certainty hotline we have dino standing by hi dino hey reed how are you rob how's it going good so i just want to say that i'm not a big fan of uh barry's uh defense at all so I can understand, like, why Holland, you know, signed Barry last year because they, they needed that uh, that offense, you know, support on, on the special team. And, you know, I thought Barry, would, you know, did a really great job last year. And, you know, he 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 was pretty good. So, but then this, this season just, like, doesn't make any sense, you know, to resign him when, you know, you have Bouchard to replace him. And, and you know, going back to last year, like, it was, it was a good sign because they had Bouchard, you know, to develop. So... Resigning Barry this year at 4.5 million when you know they they could have like saved that money for like a top six forward or you know or, or you know a proven shutdown D man, uh, you know to to you know to you know, replace uh, in uh, one of those two spots I thought would have been like you know more uh, better off. So I just want to you know hear your take on uh, your thoughts on that of why would you know Holland resign Barry. When you got Bruce yeah, well, I mean, I think we've talked about that a lot before, and, we, and we've wondered if Barry in, in, is redundant with with Bouchard on the team. But I, I mean, I also think at the time he didn't know, you know, Larson left. You need a certain number of right shot defensemen, so he decided to bring back the guy who wanted to come back. I think it was more or less that simple. Well, and, and the guy that led all defensemen in the National Hockey League last year, it's not like they brought back Barry coming off a bad year. Now, did they give him too much term, too much money? Well, that's yeah, fair question. Yeah, that, those sure. are absolutely fair. But he was the top defenseman offensively in the National Hockey League. He had a great year last year. Um, he has not had as good a year this year, not even close. And it will see as we go forward what goes on with on the back end. But there are younger players that have been playing very, very well that are pushing for minutes. Oilers win 7-3. We'll also bring Sir Robert onto the show. Hey, Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey boys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? I got to be honest. Tonight, after the, you know, no, uh, I got to be honest. After we fell behind two nothing, I was, I was a little nervous, thinking to myself, well, I don't know. This game, this game, this game might be on the verge of, you know, getting away. But, but I mean, you know, I like the way I like the way the team just, they seem to just lock it down after that. Like, and the defense again was I thought I thought was solid despite giving up I mean three goals I mean the penalty kill obviously giving up two that's not great but I mean it's nice to see another win but I but I guess I have a I guess I have one more point here I think uh, I know that uh, that third line that Ryan Nuge Fogel line I gotta tell you I have I have not I know honestly I, I have not seen a third line look 
look this good in Edmonton in a in a long time. I mean, like the the chemistry that they've had since being put together, it's just it's all it's almost unreal to watch. Well, yeah, I think that's a big theme over the last four games for sure, and they're all keeping it relatively simple. I mean, they had the goal, Rob. Ryan tipped it, went in off Fogel's leg. They had the other goal. Uh, was it Nuja Ryan that won the faceoff? Nurse shot it. We thought Ryan tipped it at first. Nurse got the goal. Uh, on Tuesday, just Nuge dumps it in. Ryan gets to the puck, chips it to Fogel, centers it to Nuge to finish it. Today, you know, Ryan tips what like the fanciest goal they scored was a Nuge did the no look pass today to Fogel for the well, impact. And, and they're they're getting hard working goals, but they're also getting goals that are play go- that are plays are being made, and we saw that tonight. A wonderful play to Fogel back door. So that that bodes well. If that team that line can t- continue to score. Uh, it just gives the others so many more options to put out at any time in the game. Updating the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Jets, the Oilers' next opponent, beating the Kraken 5-3. Islanders knock off the Bruins 4-1. Senators beat the Sabres 3-1. Canadians over the Blues 3-2 in overtime. Toronto beats the Penguins 4-1. Red Wings in a shootout 3-2 over the Rangers. Capitals win 5-3 in Philly. Canucks and Sharks 3-3 early in the third. Blue Jackets beat the Blackhawks 7-4. Here at Rogers Place, Oilers 7, Ducks 3. we got time for more of your calls and you'll hear from Derek Ryan, tonight's first star. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Except to the point, CC will shoot, scores! CC let it go, Derek Ryan got a stick on it, and the Oilers have tied this game in two. And they would go on to win 7-3, Derek Ryan picked the first star tonight, as he gets a goal and an assist in 13:47 of ice time, here he is. So Derek, a right winger, how much have you played right wing in the National Hockey League? Uh, I played a little bit when I was in Carolina, um, maybe 20 games or so, but it seems to have come pretty good the last little bit. I feel pretty comfortable playing the wing, plays on the wall and playing through the neutral zone a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I've always said it's easier to go from center to wing than the opposite, so I'm just going to stick with that, I guess. So what do you, what's the right ingredient for your line now with Fogel and and uh, Nugent Hopkins, it just seems to be working pretty much every game now since you've been together. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the single thing is. I think we're just working hard, playing together, supporting each other. Um, you know, I think we've been good on the forecheck, getting pucks back. I think that's huge, especially this time of year in this league. It's, it gets hard. You have to score ugly goals, and I think we've done a little bit of that. And um, so, yeah, it feels nice. Got some confidence going, and, and that helps as well. It seems, uh, you know, the contributions are coming from throughout the lineup in different ways, and just especially this last little run here. Is there a, a feeling in there right now of kind of everybody pulling on that rope and having a chance to? And is it does it feel notable? I think so. Well, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for the whole group, but I feel like we feel um, that everyone's getting a chance, an opportunity to to provide help and. 
obviously um, we can't rely on Leon and Connor to do everything. We need support for those guys and for everyone in the top six. So I think it's been good uh, for myself to just get some confidence built up to play more, get more of an opportunity offensively. Um, I think that's helped a lot in my game. So the offense is coming for you, and the defense seems to be coming for, for you know, the group and a lot of other guys. As a, as a guy who specializes in that side of the game, what are you noticing about your team and your tendencies defensively here lately? Yeah, I think we're just so much more detailed than we were earlier in the year. I think everyone's on the same page. We, we've we been working on certain things that we struggled in earlier in the year, track reads, uh, coming back into our defensive zone structure, where guys are supposed to be, making reads off each other. Um, it just felt like earlier in the year guys were kind of panicky, didn't really quite know where to go, but I think it's it's been a lot more clear and evident lately that um, that structure coming into our D zone and transitioning through the neutral zone is just so huge. Um, all the teams we played lately, they, they make so much, they create so much offense through that transition. And so I think that's been big for us and the structure and detail is just evident. So the team does have a different look. Like, don't take this the wrong way. McDavid and Drysaddle are really are great players and they drive the team. But is it important to have a team that supports those players rather than one that kind of depends on them? It seems like you got a team that's that's getting a chance to support them more. I think so, yeah, I feel the same way. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel like the game of hockey, you can win the Stanley Cup with two guys. That's the beautiful thing about hockey, is you can't have just the best player and win. You have to have the best team. And I feel like guys have created some confidence, get gotten more opportunity, and I mean, those guys are amazing. You can speak to that all day, but we need to be there to support them. We also need the opportunity to do so. So what was what was the feeling on the bench when uh, it was third period, I think it was 5-2, you guys had a power play, and the second unit started the power play? What, did, did you guys notice that? Because we all noticed that. Oh, yeah, we noticed it. Well, I did anyways, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. This is the first team I've been on where that's not a regular occurrence, so I think maybe that's a good guys uh, more opportunity I mean they had a goal that PP2 had a goal so that's maybe the first goal all year from the second unit and uh, they haven't gotten much opportunity on that so I think that's huge um, we talk about the playoffs here the latter half of the season it's huge to have not just one unit stay out there for two minutes it's it's both units going and that also gives Connor and Leon a chance to rest Nuge too all those guys that are on that top unit I mean they it's tough when they're offered two minutes and then they're expected to be out again the shift after the second shift after it's it drags on you so I think that's important to have two units that can play and contribute uh, Derek you mentioned your confidence kind of growing you feeling that is that coming do you think from opportunity or your play or some combination of, of the two uh, for sure, a little bit of both, but it was just hard earlier in the year when you're not playing much and you sit on the bench, and um, it's pretty tough when you sit there for 20, 15, 20 minutes and you're expected to go out there and, and contribute. Um, I don't know, older legs, maybe just maybe it's just me, but it's hard. You, those legs get stagnant, and you don't have the confidence to try and make a play. But obviously when the puck's going in or you're making plays and the line scoring, that, that confidence kind of snowballs and, and helps with uh, the game as well. But I think it's a... a combination of both I just wonder if there's therefore like a, a kind of a common conversation rather with, with Jay Woodcroft when he got there maybe instilling a little bit of confidence or telling you maybe a bit more of a defined role did you have a conversation with him in terms of what he thought you could bring to this team 
I didn't have that conversation, but <clears throat> I think it's evident in how he's ran the bench that he, he wanted to get the, I don't know, whatever, 9, 10, 11, 12 guys in the forward group going more. And um, I know that's something that I've talked with guys in the bottom six. We needed that or felt like we needed that. And um, so I don't know. I can't speak for Woody. He can speak for it. But I feel like that's it's been pretty clear about how he's ran the bench. All right. Well, that's Derek Ryan and uh, talking about uh, the obvious change in how ice time is being distributed and who's being relied on. And it's interesting what Ryan said. This is the first team he's ever played on <laughs> where the second power play unit never got to start a power play until tonight. Well, there's they didn't have a second well, yeah, we unit. <laughs> Last year, we didn't really know who was on it. No. Well, there, there wasn't a second unit. There's a first unit and they would two guys would flip-flop out and it and I've I played 16 years pro and I played on I, I don't know 15 16 17 coach or teams whatever it is or coaches I had I've never been on a team where you just had one unit that would play the whole time they, they it, I really really enjoyed that interview because a lot of the stuff that we've talked about this year about the third and fourth lines about ice time about the second power play unit we can say what we we believe but we're not in the dressing room. But Derek Ryan, the thing that we talked about being part of a team, when you're the playing on the fourth line and you're getting six minutes a night and you're expected to go out and do something, it's hard. It's hard when you get a shift and you don't get another shift for 17 minutes and you're expected to go out and do something positive. And as Derek Ryan said that, you don't try anything. You don't, you're afraid to make a play in case it goes wrong because... It was 17 minutes after the last shift. It might be 30 if you if you make a, a mistake, and it's hard to play that way. So I, I love the honesty about that that interview, and it's things that we have talked about, things that fans have called in and talked about that you you can't you as he said you can't win with two players. You can have the best player in the NHL. That doesn't guarantee you a win in a playoff round because the other team their entire defense is focused on stopping your best player you've got to have other players that can step up and you've got to be as a player you've got to be i don't feel feel wanted feel part of the team and i don't know if that was always the case here but it certainly is now more so than it was in the past as players are getting that opportunity and success is there now it's easy when coaches make changes and and their success so now you can say see i showed you so Hopefully, I'll keep going in the right direction, and the players at the bottom of the, the pecking order continue to contribute because that is how you have a real hockey team. Oilers beat the Ducks 7-3. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Bacon Man standing by. Mmm, Bacon. Hey, boys. Am I on? Yes, sir. All right, Reed. Browner, thanks for taking my call. I'll make it quick. Um, I'll just echo your comments there. Uh, that was one of the most honest interviews I've heard in a long time there. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to comment on that. But uh, Ryan, uh, yeah, that, that that was cool. I, I wish we would hear more of that. He uh, told it from the heart, and I couldn't agree more. Um, the other thing I'd like to say is finally, it seems the Oilers are listening to some of us. Um, yeah, uh, long story short, I, I said it before, uh, Kane coming in is a huge alpha male. Um, I think he's elevated the room. Not just the coaching change, I, I think Kane has a lot to do with it. Uh, uh, he's a stud. He's out on the ice uh, representing himself very well. Um, so uh, awesome, awesome pickup right right there. Um, the other one... Uh, 
and here's my final comment. Actually, my second final comment. Uh, we, Holland, uh, can't be shy with our first-round pick. Uh, you see what Calgary did? Um, you, you see what some of our uh, see what some first round picks actually get you. Uh, let let even if it's just a rental, let's just get a rental. We we need something in there. Let's make a push. Let's do something. Uh, I'm fine with our goaltending. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm totally fine there. Um, I I want another stud just like Kane or or, or a hard nosed uh, third line center that can win face off 60 percent if that's even a thing man what's your last one the last one is i want to give a big shout out to howard for giving me a ride home tonight (laughs) and i want to give a i want to i want to give a shout out to my buddy uh big scotty overseas he's working in oil and gas and he listens to this on the podcast so scotty i love you i'll see you in june okay that is a very enthusiastic uh bacon man checking in tonight yeah we'll see what the Oilers might do um we, we've talked a lot this year about the Pacific Division perhaps being the f- fourth strongest in the mm-hmm. National Hockey League um though you never know how it's going to play out and yes certainly Calgary has added to Foley Vegas has added Eichel and the Oilers you know have added Kane which has been been significant uh under different circumstances obviously and maybe those three teams are going to start to separate and have a little bit of an arms race the, the rest of the way and as for Derek Ryan's interview um I mean a lot of people know Derek Ryan or probably heard him interviewed before going back to his days as a U of A Golden Bear Bob and I had him on our shows when he was playing overseas and you and I have said this a lot Rob uh, a lot of times the further you go down the depth chart the more interesting the interviews oh, become <laughs> by far it's not even close it, if you ever get to go to a hot stove and I get to host a lot of those look at who they have on stage if it's a superstar, you're going to get fewer stories and less openness. If it's someone that's uh, had a colorful career that's further down the depth chart, those are the best stories, and they're not afraid to tell them. So uh, I, I just thought Derek Ryan, he said what every third and fourth liner has thought in, over the last 30 or 40 years, and he said it because he's able to now. He's having success, and he's at his age where he's like, all right, this is the truth. If I sit there for 14 minutes and you expect me to go out in there and do something, it's hard. So, yeah, I really appreciated the honesty he had. Okay, we'll go to Ron from Red Deer as the Oilers win 7-3 over the Ducks. Uh, Ron, again, I can't give you Cam Moon's phone number. You can get him to send you a postcard or something, but what's on your mind tonight? <laughs> so, I, I called in yesterday. Yes. And I was commenting about these next six games. Oh, yeah, that was a good call. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show, too. Yes, and so that's one of six. And, and it still comes down to, like, okay, yes, we, we've got to take care of the next one and the next one. And I love the coaching staff. They're not getting ahead. They're, like, taking the game. Okay, we've got this game right now to go get. And I love the new coaching staff. And I'm very excited. I'm very curious. And so we're one for six now. And I think we're going to go four for six. That's all I wanted to comment. Yeah, that, yeah, I appreciate that. We'll, we'll, we'll mark down your prediction here, Ron. I got a big binder of uh, listener predictions. 
And as everybody knows, if they're wrong, I always lose the sheet of paper that was on. <laughs> the correct ones always get celebrated. As everybody in the media does. Yeah, uh, yeah. at Winnipeg versus Minnesota, at Tampa Bay, at Florida, at Carolina. And then they have a couple road games. But that's the rest of the month. Now, I did say earlier that if people just want to track under Woodcroft, they have to basically get six points every five games. 600 hockey, 6 out of 10, and they should make the playoffs. Now, not comfortably, well, <laughs> but they, they've, they, you know, they got their 8 out of 8 so far in available Well, I, I did guarantee, I, when a, one caller called in, I did guarantee the others are going to make the playoffs. I don't think that's an issue. I think where they finish will be more of a challenge, whether they catch Vegas, whether they catch Calgary. But the, the three California teams that they're challenging in their division are all going to drop off now. They're not that good. L.A. may hang around a little bit, but L.A. can't score. So that's their biggest downfall. But the Oilers will make the playoffs. Yeah, so now Edmonton 57 points. L.A. and Anaheim both 55. Edmonton now equal in games played with uh, the Kings. And uh, three games in hand on Anaheim. So that's the situation there. Okay, we want to get to an interview with Evander Kane as well. He spoke post-game. We also have Nils standing by on the Certainty Hotline. we got to take a quick timeout, though. Oilers win 7-3 over the Ducks. It's Heartland Ford overtime open. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now to Kane across to Bouchard. He'll shoot it off the shoulder at Gibson. That was a heater. Puck in the right corner. Bouchard out to McLeod. Across to Kane. Scores! Evander Kane off the left wing. And the Oilers have cut the duck lead to 2-1. to one. Well, that got it rolling for the Oilers. Evander Kane's fourth of the season. Edmonton gets seven, including two from Leon Dreisaitl's 7-3 win over Anaheim. You'll hear from Evander Kane in a couple of minutes. First, we'll go to the Certainty Hotline. Nils is standing by. Hey, Nils, go ahead. Hey, guys. Reed and Ross, you guys are beauties. You're like my, my nightly therapy. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, so as a, as the curse of being an East Coast Oilers fan, I often have to bargain between getting an extra couple hours, nights of sleep, or staying up to watch the game. And I'm not gonna lie, you know, past couple of months I've been picking sleep over the games, but <laughs> I think I'm gonna call Jay Woodcroft the Godfather because just when I thought I was out, he pulled me back in. So I think I'm ready to switch the bargain, guys. So. Uh, I think I'll be picking picking some games over sleep these days, so I'll hang up and listen. But thanks, guys. You're doing a great job here. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the phone call. I like that. Just when just when uh, I think I'm out, they pull me back in. But, well, well, that's the joy of being a sports fan, right? It is, although I question uh, the fact that he uses us as his therapy. There's way better things. There's <laughs> vodka. There's beer. There's red wine. There's other things he could use for therapy. He doesn't need us, but... Uh, it's good that we have fans. Or there's fans of the Oilers all over Canada, and right now, over the last few weeks, it's been good to be an Oilers fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, it's already and You know, I say this all the time, Robin, when you and I talk uh, off air just about, uh, you know, to work or how things are going for us. Like you, I, I just enjoy the, the story of the season. I mean, look at everything that's happened this year already. Well, nine, nine and one, 16 and five, two, 11 and two. 5-0-1, two losses, coach fired, 
Coach, four four consecutive wins. Well, co uh, COVID issues, injury issues, yeah, uh, you know, goaltender problems. You know, like, this is the goalies are terrible. Well, now they're now they're okay. <laughs> they never, we don't have a third line now. Now they might. You well, know, we, Bouch we, Bouchard can't play now. He's look like it's everything. Well, the Oilers sent down a goaltender that just had a shutout. So I mean, there's. Every, <laughs> that's that, everything or anything is happening. There's so many yeah, like weird little notes. Remember when that guy got his first career shutout? Yeah, <laughs> then his next game he was in the minors. <laughs> so, but that's the that's the part about a, a season that uh, the highs and the lows, and you hear every team talk about it and every coach talk about. It. So you know what? It would just stay even keel. We're not going to get excited if we go nine and one, and we're not going to think it's the end of the world when we go two eleven and two or whatever it was. Uh, it all equals out at the end of the season. So. Uh, I think the Oilers have done a pretty good job of staying even keel. They said all the right things for the most part when they went through their long stretch where they were struggling, and you, you didn't hear them talking about parade routes or ordering rings when they had the great start to the season. This is a confident group. They are a good group. Uh, they have the ability, if their goaltender gets hot, to, to make a run in the playoffs. But to me, this is a, a solid playoff hockey club that's just starting to find... Uh, another gear and over the course of the last part of the season that's when you want to, to to take it to a new level and the other thing that bodes well for the Edmonton Oilers Connor McDavid usually has better second halves to season than he does first halves so if, if that's the case uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, could find a lot of success and maybe chase down the Vegas maybe chase down the Calgary Flames and get some home, well, get home ice in the in the playoffs. You know, I, I've always thought, okay, like if you're a sports fan, what do you ultimately want? Well, you want victory. You want yep. your team to win. If you don't, uh, you want hope. Yep. And the the way the Oilers lost to Vegas and then Chicago, like it looked, they, they looked <laughs> hopeless. I mean, they fell behind, and you know those weren't one or two offs because they they'd had some games like that and that. 15 game stretch I mean as much as sometimes we talk to, to frustrated people and we get emotion after games nobody thinks they're going to go 82 and 0 or 70 and 12 or whatever but you want hope and like that one caller said well now you can look at Tampa Bay Carolina and Florida and think okay you know maybe those teams are better maybe they're better on paper but there is a benchmark in in the end of February that might help you when you're playing whoever in, in hopefully in, in May right hey, so hey. You know, there's a, there's a little more hope now that you're, you're going to at least be in every game. You're going to be competitive. You well, can come back from 2 nothing. And, and fans right now are talking about what the Oilers should pick up at the deadline. <laughs> and there was, there was a stretch where people were worried that the Oilers, there was no chance the Oilers were going to be a playoff team. Uh, I don't know if I would trade a first-round pick for a rental player to be a third-line center. But what you're going to see when you start playing the Winnipegs, the Minnesotas, and then the three teams out east you're going to certainly see where your team fits in and where it stacks up and what uh, deficiencies you still have when you play the good teams. Then you're going to see what is the asking price come the deadline. Um, uh, did the Oilers, Will the Oilers make more moves or was the Evander Kane move the one that's going to be their big move? It, but at least now with the deadline coming up and the Oilers playing well, there's uh, hope, but there's also excitement. And I think that's the best part about it, being a fan is the excitement of what could happen. Yeah. 
All right, we will. Uh, oh, Vander Kane spoke earlier. Here he is. Oilers one. It seven. seems like your team is finding some different ways to win hockey games from grinding out tight ones and coming from behind. Here, uh, feels like this was a confident win tonight. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think um, you know we did a, a really good job fighting off their storm there on the power play with a couple of goals. Uh, we didn't get discouraged. We uh, battled back, set ourselves up, uh, you know, with the second period going into the third, and I thought we did a great job finishing. It seems like, uh, I'm not sure if it's if it's 11 forwards, or but it feels like everybody's really involved right now. You know, you got depth scoring, you got guys that started on that, you know, pairing on the fourth line that are thoroughly engaged in the game. Do you sense that in the group? Yeah, I think everybody's engaged. I think everybody's contributing. There was probably no better uh, example uh, in this four-game winning streak probably than tonight. Um, and like I said, it was, it was a good test for our group getting down early, a couple of goals and sticking with it and sticking our game plan. Evander, there's a lot of talk about people need continuity, but when you have 11 forwards, that doesn't necessarily always work. Is it exciting at times, like you're going out with different guys every few shifts? Does that keep you on your toes in a sense? Uh, well, it keeps, keeps you on your toes in terms of you got to nose up. But, um, no, I think I think when you're all playing the same way and we all have the same mindset, it's easy to play with anybody. And, and I think that's what we're doing right now and one of the reasons we're having success. Well, congratulations. I think you're the first second unit power play guy to score a goal all season here. Um, <laughs> Did you, this has been a team where the first unit plays for a minute or, or for a minute 45 quite often. There wasn't much before you were here, particularly, Vander. There wasn't much time for the second unit. Tonight, the second unit started a power play. Uh, is that a sign that maybe there's a bit of a change going on here? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, you know, I kind of flip-flop between the first and second. Me, Jesse, and Himes uh, kind of rotate a little bit there, and, and then the other guy goes out for the second unit. I think, uh, obviously, we had some success tonight early um, and, uh, you know, decided to put us out there. I think, you know, having depth and having different looks and, and, and options are, is great. Obviously, uh, you know, Connor and Leon are going to get their time, and, and deservingly so. So, um, you know, I, I think it's great to be able to play with, uh, with anybody on the power play and uh, hopefully it can continue to, to be productive for us. You've played with some really top, top players, and you've been a top player. Is it is it important to, to sort of support the top players as much as it is to rely on them? Like Connor and Leon are really, really, really good, but they need to have everyone underneath them helping them if this team's going to get anywhere. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, this this league is, is it's not like the NBA where you can have two guys and you can win a check championship right um, you know you, you, you see how hard it is to win and, and the teams that win uh, don't always have the best players so you know it's important for everybody to contribute and everybody to uh, you know pull their weight and and uh, and be a part of the team um, obviously it's they're great assets to have because they can break a game open at any moment but uh, you know I, I think uh, you're seeing our team start to really gel and um, we got to keep this thing going that is Evander Kane gets a power play goal tonight and the Oilers roll past the Anaheim Ducks 7-3. So our next game broadcast is Saturday. It's a matinee 12-30 face-off show game at 2 p.m. Oilers at Jets. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chad. Bob Stoffer, Oilers now, noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Get more on this game on 630Chad.com or globalnews.ca. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, 
I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The duck hunt was a success. 7-3 Oilers.